introduction. So um, we have very few minutes this morning and I would like to use and squeeze uh, every uh, moment that we have today. Uh, friends, thank you very much for this invitation. I enjoy being with you all on Saturdays and now Mondays. And uh, truly a great joy to be uh, beginning the week with uh, Monday Manor. And uh, it's always a joy to be able to look anew at what the Lord has to say. And, uh, and, and I'm just bringing this uh, short message to you within the time that I have in terms of our subject this morning, which is uh, uh, called a question of answers. Normally we have questions and answers, but uh, I like a twist in the tail and uh, I want you to provoke your minds this morning and be able to have questions which, which you actually have only yourself to answer to. This is not to answer to anybody else. Uh, I, I look at these as life questions and uh, very quickly let me move on to giving you uh, just five questions. And for you not only to ponder through this week, but uh, ponder in the days ahead and, 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 and see exactly uh, the gravity of these questions, the, uh, the simplicity, but the power of these particular questions. I have some interesting thoughts and questions, and I'm sure you do have them also. Uh, we have been always looking at knowledge as being superior. And knowledge is actually having the right answer, but intelligence is asking the right question. And when last did you ask a new question? We seem to be asking always old questions. It's very, very critical for us, for us to ask new questions. We may not have the answers, but if you have the right question, then the answer is really a matter of time and detail. But if you have a wrong question, then any answer can do. Good questions inform, but great questions transform. Uh, if I would be in, in the area of education, is uh, I would turn the entire examination system and uh, instead of asking them questions and then write answers, I would test them in terms of the questions that they can frame. Because if you know the subject, then the question will be evident in terms of the way that question has been framed. So you find this absolutely in business too, and I just share one or two thoughts after I finish with this. Answer all the questions and question all the answers. These are my opening lines when I do programs on press briefing, largely for companies like Indian Oil, where they can have fires or, uh, you know, where they can have uh, situations where immediately the press comes and asks you goading questions. So well, instead of just answering all the questions, how about doing a, what I call a vulnerability audit? Find out whether the question or the answers that you give to those questions are of value, that they influence, they persuade, they change mindsets. Well, this is always... Uh, uh, been a thought, you know, uh, these are funny questions, but like, uh, where does a thought go when it is forgotten? I, I love funny questions <laughs> because they lead us into some very strange areas. 
This one always bothers bothers me. Always. Why is abbreviation, which is meant to be short, such a long word? Why is rush hour so slow? And somebody said, why does sour cream have an expiry date? <laughs> it's already turned sour. But here is a statement from Einstein. He says, the important thing is not to stop questioning. I mean, this is exactly where, you know, I mean, uh, excellence arises in the sense that, uh, you know, good enough is not good enough. Yeah, given time and given constraints and resources, maybe we'll come up uh, with one answer. But the problem is that we come and stop at one right answer. And good creative thinking actually enables us to say, what is your second right answer? What is your fifth right answer? Uh, you know, when I moved from finance into, into the area of advertising, I had a phenomenal boss, but I used to call him a slave driver because he used to tell me, Sam, don't get come to my room till you have 50, five zero brilliant headlines. And I used to have just half an hour to be able to, you know, meet his needs. And well, I, you know, I, I, after doing about five, my brains would sprain and, uh, but you see, he, he embedded into me uh, a phenomenal or, you know, kind of a habit in terms of never stopping at just one answer. What else? How about? And it's a, it's a great practice because, again, it just comes out in terms of the questions. My first question that I would like to leave with each one of us is, where are you? And I'll just take a minute because I understand most of you would be in business and this is actually a 360 degree question. To give you an example, for instance, I, I begin my workshops, a three day workshop with one day dedicated only to this one simple question, three words. Where are you? Where are you as a company? Where are you as a brand? Where are you in terms of people? Where are you in terms of culture? When was the last time you did something for the first time? Tremendous, just three words, but absolutely fantastic questions. So I just, I, it's like to, it's like giving you an appetizer in terms of the power of this particular question. And of course, I don't have the time to do that, but it is always there is a follow-up question that you, well, why are you where you are after all that analysis and after everything? And I mean, tremendous uh, stuff comes out. So I just leave you this, this one question. I have several others which gets into the business area, but we are not here for that purpose. This morning, I look at it in terms of the very first question that God asked in Genesis chapter three, verse nine. It's not that God didn't know where these people are. I mean, he's, he's omniscient, he's omnipotent. He knows exactly where he is. And this where are you, is not an audit question. It's not a GPS question, if you know what I mean. This question is a love question. And I'm sure you, you I mean, if you, if you had to imagine and be there in the Garden of Eden when God was asking this question, I mean, within three chapters of the Bible being written, just three chapters, man and woman is lost. They moved away. 
Years ago, I saw a poster, which was, I mean, it's a highly creative, wonderful poster. It, 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 it was like a hanging kind of a thing. And right on top um, was this question which said, you had to really look up, look up almost like to the top. And it said like, uh, God seems so far away. And then, you know, the design made you come down, right, through that arrow as you come down. And right at the bottom of this particular poster, there was this disruptive question which said, who do you think moved? Well, God seems so far away. But who do you think moved? Powerful, isn't it? Wonderful. When I travel, what happens is, uh, my wife's name is Jean, and she'll ask me, where are you? You know, it's not a nosy question, okay? It's a love question. Well, I joke with her and I say, well, I'm at a place where you don't want me to be, okay? So where are you? And this is a phenomenal question. If you do 360 degrees, beginning with where am I in terms of my relationship with my heavenly father? How far have I gone away from him? Or do I come to him only like an ATM machine where I need something and, and, and I want immediate answers? Well, coming in terms of today's situation, where am I in terms of my faith with this ravaging COVID that is all around us? Do I begin to say, Lord, I mean, don't you care like that we perish? So I just, I, I, I'm here to just provoke your thinking. I'm here to just spark your thinking. I mean, we can really go hours on just these three words. Where am I as a father? Where am I as an elder? Where am I as a pastor? And, and the Lord is asking us this particular question, not to, not to you know, mark us, not to, uh, you know, sort of uh, grade us. Or, this is a kind of a benchmark question to find out metrics. No, because I am here, the Lord says. I am here where I am. Well, we can really spend hours on this question, but I, I, I hope you get the sense of it and you get the, uh, the, the strength of this particular question. Question number two is found in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 2. And, and, and this question is, what do you see? And I'm sure all of you know that this is a question in terms of the, the, the golden stand and, and the very tubes that were coming in and the olive oil and, you know, what wonderful aspects. But I just want to take this question away from what is your understanding of this question and, and pose it to us, what do you see today? Are you or am I affected by the things that are happening around us? Every time I, 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 I'm a, I don't go to sleep without watching the news and, and I, I look at the things and they, they goad me to, to speak to the Lord and say, Lord, I mean, but for you, this, this will continue. What do you see in terms of the needs of our own country? What do you see in needs of our political systems? Do I just say, oh, I, I, I'm not interested in politics. And, well, let them do what they wish. Okay. This is God's earth. And the Lord even said, what the, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. How am I making that imminent? How am I pleading? How am I clinging onto the Lord, the, you know, the hem of his garment and say, Lord, heal this nation. 
for very, very powerful questions. So don't be unaffected. Don't be apathetic by what you see. I try to time myself. And, you know, I, I was looking at the, the G7, which was meeting in Switzerland or in Geneva at that point of time. And what they were doing was a peace summit. And I took advantage of this very occasion of this peace summit. And praise God for a, for a platform like Twitter. And, 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 I, and I tweeted. And I knew that the hashtag would definitely get down to their spokespersons, etc. Anything with G7 would always attract, uh, you know, these uh, these world leaders and 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 their entire staff. They were meeting for peace, so this is exactly what I tweeted, and it got picked up all over. What did I say? I greeted the G7, and I said that. This is a phenomenal meeting that you're coming into. But please remember this. Unless there's glory to God in the highest, I repeat, unless there's glory to God in the highest, there shall be no peace on earth and goodwill towards men. I mean, that, that's not my creation. That's not, uh, you know, uh, words of mine. But, but how the Lord would enable us to to respond to the things that we see in, in ways and manners that he will tell us. So friends, you know, just don't walk away. Is, is it nothing to you, the Lord asks? You just look at it and just move on. Again, a question that we can spend a lifetime on this. How do you react? How do you respond? If you don't have a vision, even till now, God created you and me with this, with a unique identity. Forget the Adharka. We have a unique identity and I keep reminding people that the, the thumb impression is, at least in India, is not meant for illiteracy. Well, all over the world it's meant for uniqueness. There's no one on the face of the earth like you or me. And do you think the Lord just was having fun in creating us? Jeremiah says, I knew you even before I formed you. I sanctified you as you were coming out of your mother's womb. And I made you a prophet unto the nations. What an amazing aspect, isn't it? While doing a Haggai Institute program somewhere, somewhere this young girl, and she, she had a, a fairly you know, a relevant question. She said, uh, sir, uh, but this, this was for Jeremiah. So I told her, I said that, listen, if it was for Jeremiah, then you and I are wasting our time. If the letters were written to the Ephesians or the Philippians or the Corinthians, what are we doing with this? What do you see? You remember then Paul in front of uh, King Agrippa, he, uh, it's a very interesting statement that he says. He doesn't say that I was obedient to the heavenly vision. He says, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. I got the vision and I moved with all the life that I had. Question number three is, uh, this is a very interesting question. And uh, the Lord, you know, Mrs. Zebedee comes to the Lord. I like to call her Mrs. Zebedee. And she brings her two sons. And... Friends, I, I may sound presumptive in this, but these are the Lord's word. I find a terseness in it. Like, you know, somebody hanging around and, and, 
I'm sure you've experienced this. I mean, you're on a platform and, and somebody is just around you. So you turn around and you don't say it with, with a great courtesy. You, you say, what do you want? And the Lord already knew what she wanted. She brought her two sons and she was only concerned about these two sons. And she said, Lord, I want, you know, this son of mine to sit on your right hand and this son to sit on the left hand. She didn't bother about anybody else. She was just concerned about I, me, and myself, and her sons. I won't take you deep into what the Lord said. Do you know exactly what you're asking for? Are, these, are, these, are your sons willing to have of the bitter cup? And guess what? And they say, yeah, yeah, of course. Question, friends, is how many others, apart from my own family, apart from my own church, upon from my own you know, state, how many others am I truly concerned about? A very, very deep question. Question number four, you can see, for instance, question number three, terse, almost an angry question. Uh, but question number four, and find you, these are all found in the book of Matthew. You know, the Lord approaching this particular city or town, and these beggars, these guys are absolutely yelling their guts out. The disciples are saying, keep quiet and, you know, shut up. But the Lord finds out their needs. He knows their needs. And he goes to them face to face with great love and compassion. And he says, what do you want me to do for you? I didn't find it enough to just put the word you in, in the red color that you see. But even underlying it. Friends, there's, there's something very, very special which the Lord wants to do for us as individuals. And hear me out. I mean, uh, not, not in terms of our family, not in terms of, you know, people that are around me. He wants to do something very, very unique and special for me as an individual, for you as an individual. And he wants to do it. No one else. He wants to do it. And in, in each one of our lives, there's a void which only the Lord Jesus can fill. Nobody else can fill. So take time to think about this and tell the Lord, Lord, I want you to do this for me. Have you ever said that? I, I believe even, I mean, you know, as we're sharing on this on this Zoom platform, the, the Lord is listening to us. The Lord is with us. And I just don't want to say it in by the way and in a manner of speaking. I firmly am convinced and believe that the Lord says what? When you draw yourself nigh to me, I will draw myself nigh to you. Question number one, where are you? Question number two, what do you see? Question number three, what do you want? You just seem to be asking everything for yourself. I taught you to pray. Our Heavenly Father, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Do you want my kingdom to come? Yes, Lord, at a time like this, I want you to come even sooner than you have decided. Oh, these are beautiful, wonderful, powerful questions. And I'll stop here at the last question. 
which is also found in Matthew, in Matthew chapter 20, verse 6. We all know this particular instance. There are a whole, whole lot of people just hanging around and the Lord comes, the Lord of the vineyard. And he tells us it is the 11th hour, which means it's you know, close to the evening. And he says, why do you stand idle all day? Hasn't anybody employed you? And what was the response? Lord, you know, we, we've been around for this entire time and nobody seems to be even considering us. Let's put it in our, in our context uh, uh, in, a, in a morning like this. Is, uh, am I, am I, are you waiting to be invited to work in the vineyard? I'm not going into the other aspects of the story in terms of the wages and the Lord being, you know, equal, whether it's the aspects of the last shall be first and the first shall be last. Are we waiting for a position? Are we waiting for some hierarchical, you know, kind? Because after all, we have business guys and, you know, hierarchy matters a lot. Position matters a lot. And the Lord, remember, in the in, it tells his disciples, in, in, in the presence of Mrs. Ebedee and her sons, and he says, you know, I came here to serve. So I don't want you to be lords. I don't want you to be wanting these positions on my right hand and on the left hand, you know, and it's, it's not for me to give, it's the father to give. But be servants. Am I waiting to be invited to work in the vineyard? Look at Nehemiah, as soon as he understood, as, he, as soon as he saw this whole aspect far away from his own, you know, city of Jerusalem, he saw the, the brokenness. And we're not just talking about physical broken walls, broken people, broken societies, broken countries. People are more interested in, in resuming and powers in terms of renewing what we call the nuclear deal. What am I doing in terms of Myanmar? Neighboring country. Okay. Forgive me, but you know, it's no longer the United Nations, it is the disunited nations. But then, why do we stand idle just looking at the news headlines? Why not mobilize people and saying, Lord, we're coming to see you today? You remember that some people when they came and, and the disciples asked, What do you want? They said, sir, we want to see Jesus. Sir, we want to see Jesus. So friends, my time is up. Always. <laughs> More to be said, but uh, by the way, you know, I've been in advertising for many years and, and you know, to get, a, get a 30 seconds to make a film is, is a huge expense. So I cut it down to 10 seconds to make all my Hajimola candy films, 10 seconds. So I remember that and I praise the Lord for taking you through that background and that training to what we call the irreducible minimum. You can't reduce it any more than this. So five fingers you have, five questions. Number one, where are you? Number two, what do you see? Number three, what do you want? And more love in the fourth question, what do you want? me to do for you and this too question number five is a love question why do you stand idle all day come in okay do work 
there's a lot to be done. And even though you've come in the 11th hour, even though you've come right at the end, I'm not going to put, take out my calculator and calculate how much I should be giving you. You shall get exactly what the others. And you know the story that others got very, very angry. Lord, I mean, what is this? This is absolutely unfair, in, unjust. So friends, I'll leave you with these questions and uh, I believe that you will take it forward and, and share it. Please, there's nothing copyright. You know, thank God that the Bible is not copyright. <laughs> so you have a great week ahead and God bless you. So I'm done, Samson. Thank you very much, friends, for being on this platform. So if, uh, I don't know if we have one or two minutes, by the way, not to impress you, but I introduced Maggie two minutes, noodles for the country. So I would say, you know, two minutes. If you have any thoughts, if you have any observations, so I'm going to stop here. Loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for this week. And Lord, as we start this week, we want to ponder over these five questions which have been placed in front of us, Father. It is almost like polishing us much better in your presence, Lord. Father, we have got a long, long way to go. But whatever life which is left in us, Father, let every day will be a learning day. And not only a learning day, whatever we have learned, we need to teach others and prepare others, Father. Your second coming is imminent. We can see it. We can feel it. We can breathe it, Father. But the world is yet to understand that. But Lord, thank you for giving us the revelation that you are coming very, very, very soon. As we find in the last words of Revelation 22, we invite you to come, Father. Come, Lord Jesus. Come at the earliest because it is time for us to be with you forever and ever, Father. I bless everybody, Father, who has just joined in today. We thank you for this day, Lord. We praise you for this day, Lord. We bless you, Lord. In Jesus' most precious, matchless, wonderful name, we pray this prayer. Amen. 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 Amen.